KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As uh, we talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours, appreciate you spending some of your morning with Trent and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, this morning, we're going to start things off with uh, Dylan Montz. Where do we, Ames Tribune, Galt House Media, one register Ames Tribune. Ames Tribune. Dillamont, who was uh, at Hilton last night, it was sold out. Uh, he will opine on what he watched as Kansas took it to Iowa State uh, in convincing fashion. Dillamont will join us. We'll also talk some football in there because, quite frankly, I'm not sure we could do a whole segment with Dylan <laughs> on what we saw last night. So we'll uh, get to Dillamont at uh, 1025. Mark Morehouse on the latest on the Hawkeye football program. Uh, some of the transfer portal, Geno Stone, a couple of. Uh, um, dominoes still to fall as far as leaving eligibility on the table when we might see that. So a lot of things to get to uh, with Mark. In the 11 o'clock hour, look forward to our conversation with Matt Postens, heartlandcollegesports.com. A lot of Big 12 conversation uh, with Matt. He also moonlights uh, with one of the Dallas Cowboys sites. So we'll spend a couple of minutes, not a whole lot of time, but uh, get the latest on uh, what he thinks Mike McCarthy signing with America's team, the Cowboys, but mostly Big 12 with Matt and then Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye Hoopster, will join us and we'll talk about what's left of that roster and what we can maybe expect going forward uh, beginning tomorrow night with Maryland. Speaking of that Maryland game, if you haven't already done so, you've got an opportunity, you Hawkeye fans out there, to win tickets to a week from tomorrow night. Uh, when the Hawkeyes will host Michigan, we have four seats all together to give away, uh, courtesy of our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. We ask you to go to kxno.com. If you only got two days left to do so, kxno.com, click on the contest tab. There you'll see the win tickets to Michigan versus Iowa. There are four seats. We'll have them in your hand as of Monday when we crown the winner. But we all we ask you to do is how many points will be scored in tomorrow night's contest, Maryland-Iowa, closest without going over. If that's you, you'll get the four ducats. If there's a couple of you or more of you that have the same number, we'll go to the tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker will be Luca Garza's points and rebounds combined. Again, closest without going over. So that's the show in a nutshell. We take you up until noon. How are you today? How was your ESPN Plus experience last night? You know, it was, I would say, surprisingly good. With the exception of the commentators, maybe. Well, that, Maybe just because we'd never heard of them. Right. I, mean, I have no yeah. idea who did the game. Right. Yeah, as I flipped it on and I hadn't, I didn't remember looking at the game notes. A lot of times yeah, I, I will look either. at that, but yep. for whatever reason I didn't, I figured we'd probably get a name, a voice that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the case? No, and and the, the play-by-play guy, I think he said at the end of the, tel- of the broadcast, yes, I suck in through it, uh, that he's got the Oklahoma game on Saturday. Oh. Now, that game's not on ESPN+. Plus. I think the next time, there's three of them. Okay. Baylor? Yes. And that I think it was late in the year. K-State, maybe, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. I know that the Baylor game next week is in ESPN+. Plus. It is. I'm the same way, Trent. I thought the... Um, Look, it's 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 a pain it's a pain in the you know what I think I I still do right I know I've got the iPad in front of me but I want to watch and I guess I can you can 
But and you, that's what I did last night. Can you stop it when you're watching your TV? Yes. Can you go? Can you rewind when you can't? All good All there. Right. Now flipping back and forth becomes a little bit more difficult. Going from say your Jets were playing last yep, night. Yep. And, and beating the Maple Leafs, by the way. You know, you're going to have to go back from two different kind of inputs in order to do that. But you said you have a smart TV, right? I do. That has the apps on there where you just use the remote and you can go to Netflix. TV doesn't have a smart owner, so slow down. Okay. I think I can get you figured out here. All right. I think I can get Well, it, it wasn't awful watching it on the iPad, Trent. I mean, it, but the TV is better. Yeah, the TV is better. No doubt about that. Look, I think that um, I, I, I don't like the experiment. I'm told that this is the future, mm-hmm. that this is only the first, and that this is the way things are heading. Don't have to like it. Have to put up with it. Mm-hmm. And we will. It's, what, four bucks a month or five bucks a month, whatever it is. And you, the position that you and I are in, we can write it off because it's a, it's a necessary tool for, uh, for what we do for a living. Um, sadly, that's not the case for everybody out there. I get that. But it's um, it was okay. I didn't know who the commentators was. I thought the... You know, there was a couple of times when all of a sudden nothing was there and you could see the little crawl at the bottom that were in commercial break, (laughs) which was refreshing to know that this wasn't something that was... um you know, on my end, that they would be back. I don't know why they weren't showing all the commercials, but 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 regardless, it wasn't terrible. I haven't. Um, They're selling a lot of bratwurst sausages. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Who's that? Uh, Marty Marty Smith, the uh, the goofy guy from the South that does a lot of football stuff. Mm-hmm. He's up there with what Herb Street. I think I saw that commercial. What 15, did you see it a bunch? Twenty times, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it a couple of times. It I'm was out sure there a lot. It was it? I'll like, take yeah. your word for it. It was kind of like the early days of BTN yeah, when it was, it was Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings and Rotel Party Dip. Rotel Party Dip was the other one. Yes. Those two. Every break. And then a couple of PSAs and uh, yep. maybe a promo or two. And then and back away, to the game. Back to the game. Yeah. And the next break, it's the same rinse and repeat yep. with the same thing. Maybe they'll inverse it the second break. Yeah. One gets the first stop, I the next one. about the, next... the Rotel. That was the other. And I've, I've, we've tried to, tried to talk about this in the past, just uh, back in the early days of that. It was, uh, it was Buffalo Wild Wings, and they were all in. They were. And Big Ten Network was fortunate they were. But uh, look, at it, it's cash cow. Mm-hmm. Um, they were completely right. I was totally wrong. Uh, on my take on the Big Ten Network will never fly because we won't pay a tax. And that's what ESPN Plus is asking us to do. It's it's a little bit more uh, money. Where For most of you, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're already paying what you think is too much, and it probably is, for your uh, monthly television uh, consumption. I know I'm in that boat. You're in that boat. I know when something goes out, we tweet about it. We get the inevitable, well, cut the cord, fool. I mean, right. there's other options, idiot. Well, there is and there isn't. There might be for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case for everybody. Um, so we'll 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 get through it. It's uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't think for night number one. Now I haven't done anything else as far as watching anything else. The thirty for thirty. I want to see the Peyton and Brady show up at Jim Nance's house and play golf because mm-hmm. his house backs onto what Pebble Beach. Yes, uh, Nance. Well, why wouldn't you live there, right? Sure. He's making a ton of money, and why, and why wouldn't he be? He's the you know the number one voice of CBS Sports. Um, but I want to see a couple of those. There's always a couple of those that intrigue me. And, and what you said yesterday, and this kind of excites me a little bit, if I'm on an airplane, and as long as the airplane has Wi-Fi, right. I can watch ESPN Plus now. You're in good shape there. And I'm probably sounding really um, uneducated when it comes to this. Of course you can. <laughs> You're not telling us anything you don't know, old man. <laughs> You're getting it figured out. I'm well, getting it figured out. I wish I, I wish Iowa State would get it figured out, Trent, yeah. because that's where we should go next, because this is... Boy, this game on Saturday against Oklahoma, they better win. 
because the natives are restless. Mm-hmm. I mean, they the, the home court advantage, what used to be a tremendous home court advantage, uh, is no more. And that was a historically bad performance last night. We've had a couple of those. The last two at Hilton have been unbelievably bad. Here's what I saw yesterday that was kind of, you know, the more I think about this, you know when you've got an NFL team that's really bad? Mm-hmm. And there's no hope for your season. And this, and I know the, it well. Yes. And, this, and the Sunday night football schedule comes out, and you don't get any Sunday night football, yep. right? Yep. The NFL's t- saying to you that mm, it's going to be a long year. Good luck. It's going to be a long year. There's going to be a lot of games broadcast by James Lofton and fill in the blank, right? <laughs> Fran Fischilla, who seemingly rents an apartment in Ames in the winter, or should, mm-hmm. to cut down on costs. Jamie Pollard tweeted at him yesterday, and he responded. Not nothing to do with about you know um, about basketball. It had something to do with something else. But Frischilla's response was caught got my attention. His reply was, "I hope in capital letters H O P E to make it to Ames for a basketball game this season." Not on the schedule right now. Not on the schedule right now. What is ESPN saying when their guy? I mean, how, when was the last time you think that Fran Fischilla did not do Kansas Iowa State? He hopes to make it back mm-hmm. to Ames this year. Is ESPN or is the Big Twelve pulling a page from the NFL by not putting your team on Sunday Night Football by not putting the color analyst when it comes to the Big Twelve uh, college basketball um, broadcast schedule in in Ames? Didn't you? Don't you find that odd? Well, and you, I do. You look at the schedule; they are scheduled for a Big Monday. Just one this year. It's the one at Kansas, and they played historically well down there compared to the rest of the conference. But that's the only time that they're listed for a Monday game. I think that shows you. Kind of where the expectations mm-hmm. maybe were at the ESPN at least level for this program going forward. Look at that home slate. When, when are they going to go there? What, what makes sense for to send Fran Fraschilla yeah. and, and the A Big Twelve team yeah. to go to Ames? The it's Baylor not, game, if they had a pulse, maybe that's ESPN. But they don't have a pulse. They're seven I know, and seven. I know, Trent. They don't have a pulse. This is going to be a long. It's going to be a long, cold winter in Ames. That's why I say they better beat Oklahoma. And I'm not sure they can because Oklahoma's got some dudes. They had a nice one. They beat. They they pounded Texas, mm-hmm. and it's the same guys. It's Doolittle. It's Biennemi. It's Reeve. And there's one more. Who, Brady oh, Manic. Brady Manic. Thank you. And his what 14th year of eligibility. He's Brady Manic. Long time. I mean, it feels like he played back yeah. in the day. I, yeah, that guy's been there forever. Right. Brady Manic, by the way, is just a junior. Is that a fact? Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah, Doolittle's a senior, right? He's yes. got to be a yep. senior. Um, Manic, uh, Biennemi, a junior or sophomore? Sophomore. And Reeves, Reeves. is a junior. Junior, yes. Okay, gotcha. And they have one of the best coaches mm-hmm. in college mm-hmm. basketball. I don't know anything about their freshman history. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen a ton of them play a whole lot right. either. Good team. They're well, coming the, in there and the point spread right now. What is it? According to Kempom. Well, the point spread last night, you know, we should spend a little bit of time on that yes. because we did yesterday. Told you the Wait, Sharps were on Iowa State. Uh, why? And as we said yesterday, look, this team swings out uh, of this team. The Sharps don't always hit everything, no. right? They're not always right. And they missed last night. In a big, big way, Trent. In a huge way last night. And that kind of gets into the fun part of sports wagering when you go from what your eyes see and then what the other side sees and what the analytical kind of numbers bear out. Mm-hmm. Analytical numbers said that this should be a close game. Wow. Iowa State at home. And it was for a while. It was 25-23. Was that as close as it was? Yeah. I think the, for the last time. And that's at the time, in fact, that I was listening to the radio call up until that point. Maybe I was the bad luck charm because as soon as I turned it on, it went the complete opposite direction for Iowa State. And that mm. end of the half, those oh, final boy. eight minutes, Yeesh. not getting stops lazy no, defensively. I know. I know. 
that's the part that I think really has to concern you, though, with Iowa State. It's one thing, we've talked about this really from the beginning of the year. They haven't shot it real well. Right. Okay. Maybe it's just a team that doesn't shoot it well. Mm-hmm. You figure it out, you adapt, you can work through it. But when you're playing as poorly as they are on the defensive oh. end of the floor, Oof. and this team... How do they fix it, Trent? You can't fix this. I think it's an effort thing. That's the scary part. It's not just as simple as, hey, we've got to clean up a couple of things. We're going to run a couple of different mm-hmm. sets. We're going to work the ball inside more. Whatever it is, you can fix that. But when it gets into effort, and I think that is a realistic question, if it's the effort on that end of the floor... That's a lot of times something that can't be fixed. Yeah, I mean, I, I take a look at this roster, and I know that Prome, I mean, he played Jackson, he played Griffin. Your guy Lewis got in there. Caleb Grill was in at the end of the game. Well, he's more than at the, at the end of the game. He had a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, sequences last night. But, man, oh, man. And I get that it's Kansas, right? And this is a good Kansas team. Yeah. I don't know if they're a great Kansas team. They got a lot of parts. I like that freshman Brown, by the way. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh, boy, he made some big shots. McCormick's dunt. Uh, Azabuke was unbelievable. Dotson was terrific. Uh, Garrett was, you know, he got hurt in the first half. I was surprised he came in. And Agbaji, you know, their starting five is absolutely legit. I don't know if this is Self's best starting five, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, they took the clones to the woodshed last night. And when you have a guy that can just do all the things that Dotson does, it helps so many different parts. Early in the game, Iowa State was going blow for blow with them. They just couldn't get a rebound. Right. And McCormick was going up every single time. Did you see his dunk, by the way? Oh man, man, oh man. He and, and this is an effort guy. This isn't this isn't a guy that's built like Azabuke. You know, right, he, right. he has more of an effort and that kind of grit kind of style. Mm-hmm. And he's out there and he's just beating him to the punch. You know, Jacobson got off to a good start. He they, did. He played pretty well last night. They got an early couple of three pointers off the bench from both what? Uh, not Grill. Jackson well, hit Nixon one. hit one early. Yeah, Jackson did hit one. Uh, Nixon hit one early Griffin in the basketball hit one game. Early. I, they, they were going toe-to-toe, mm-hmm. and then that final eight minutes of the first half, it went away, and they could never come back. And that's the other thing. Talking about Hilton Magic, this is not some new no. phenomenon. Young Cyclone fans, Fred Hoiberg did not build Cyclone <laughs> Magic. Right. Hilton Magic, this was something that goes way back to Johnny Orr. Those yeah. were the days, and, and the teams that, frankly, were very good, but they'd win in Hilton. And they beat Kansas, and they beat good Oklahoma yes. teams. Trent, they blew Kansas out last year. I get it that uh, that Azubuki, that was the first game that he was going to miss, right? He wasn't out for the year at that point, but there was something wrong. I think it was his wrist. Wasn't it his hand or his wrist or something wrist, like that? Yeah, his wrist. So he was going to, at the time, he was going to miss tonight's games back a year ago, and then it would, you know, obviously was prolonged, and he missed the rest of it. But they blew him out last year. Mm-hmm. They blew him out last year. What a difference a year can make. I don't get it. I don't. I don't see that this team is going to be able to work its way out of this effort or no effort. There's just not a lot of talent there. Steve Prom a year ago had an opportunity to go back to his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Alabama was and apparently it was around. his wife that talked him out of it. That's the story I was told. Did he make the right decision? Well, I think if I if you can go back and Iowa State fans at the time, mm-hmm. and now if you were to ask Iowa State fans now, it would be okay if he you know goes back home. I think you get a different answer. He got a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Contract extension now uh, raises it up, making what two point? I think it's two point eight million dollars. Over two a year. for sure. Yeah. With it, it's extended through twenty twenty five. And is is it as simple as you didn't expect Taylor Horton Tucker to leave early? Mm-hmm. Wigington, perhaps, mm-hmm. but but those were just too much for this program that they couldn't handle. It's one thing to lose a guy maybe after his junior year, have those types of things happen, but But Horton Tucker's back in the league by the way, so it's not like he made a bad decision. No, no, but 
when you're building that roster, he was a top 50 player. He wasn't yeah, McDonald's right, All-American. Right, right, right. You don't anticipate he's going to be a one-and-done mm-hmm. type of guy. Unless and, you saw the tournament in Hawaii, and then you're thinking maybe he is. You go back to that Hawaii when he was unbelievable. He was. And he was 17 at the time, right? Yeah, yeah still hadn't turned 18 uh-huh. at that point. But you, when you're building your roster, you don't anticipate those types of things happening. The other part that is so different when Hoiberg first was building this roster a decade ago is the changing landscape of grad transfers and transfers mm-hmm. in general. Iowa State was one of the few programs willing to do that. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. They had a leg up of most everybody nationally. Now Duke gets grad transfers and Louisville right. and on and on and on. This is not some, oh boy, you know, bad ducks. We don't want to go there and take a shot on guys. Everybody is taking shots on these guys seemingly across the country. And that means in the pecking order, Iowa State, I'm sorry, you're behind Duke and Louisville mm-hmm. and a lot of other programs out there. And because of that, you're not getting those same, same kind of impact players to come in as transfers. Yeah, going to be a long year, uh, sadly, I think. I mean, I, I, I hope there's a fix. I would love to know what that fix is. If indeed uh, you think you have one, we'd uh, you'd, we'd love uh, if you'd share it with us and with the rest of the Cyclone fans that are out there listening uh, because it certainly doesn't seem like anything on the uh, – uh, on the horizon is going to be a key for this team. Oklahoma, then next week, back on the airplane, into the state of Texas, off to play Baylor, then Texas Tech. When's the next likeliest win for this team? They better beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma State a week from Saturday, maybe. But Oklahoma State, depending on what time, what night of the week you see them, you think that Boynton's team's got a pulse. A winnable game for sure. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Derek and then Brad, and then we'll get to a break and get Dylan Monson here. Derek, you're up first. Welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good show, fellas. I'm a huge Cyclone fan, but yep. I'm thinking we're in a situation that it's odd to stay, but I think Steve Frome over-recruited. Uh, help Jay me Hawk out with that. Only- Explain. Jayhawk is the only guy that should be gone. You put Horton mm-hmm. Tucker, mm-hmm. Cam Lard, and Wigginton, which I think if he'd have started Wigginton last year, I think Wigginton would have might have come back. Maybe. And Halliburton on that. We're a top five team. Mm-hmm. We're not Kentucky. We're not Duke. We can't survive those three guys getting paid now not to play. They're gone. Yeah, I mean, I think he could have survived Lard, but but Horton Tucker for sure, and Shayok, as you mentioned, uh, out of eligibility. Would Wigington have been happier if he would have had starter minutes last year as opposed to him coming off the bench? Eh, it's not crazy to think. Not, not no, no guarantee that he would have stayed, though, Derek. Derek, thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening. Uh, call anytime. Uh, Brad is next. Brad, welcome to Miller & Condon. What's up, Brad? Hey guys, went to Iowa State, graduated in 99. Obviously, football had its downs when I was there, but basketball, we were always yep. really, really competitive and, you know, top five at times. Mm-hmm. My question is, is Iowa State a top 15 job for mm-hmm. basketball in the country? Mm-hmm. Like, and are we just, because the Cyclone fan is always, always, saying, well, you know, we can't do this, and well, we can't do that. And I just, the expectations wane with football, which I get it. But in basketball, our, our, shouldn't we expect more, I guess? We say we lose three guys, I get that. But the teams we're losing to <laughs> don't have NBA-caliber talent, right? I mean, no. Kansas, like, Kansas has Dotson and maybe has a bouquet, but Dot, Dotson for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they've lost a lot of Oh, over the years. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about this team that was on the floor last night yeah. at Hilton. I don't think it's top. In the beginning of this year, Kansas looked terrible. Looked no, terrible I agree. So, I agree. So I'm just like, we're doing that thing again where we go, because 
Campbell's nice, because Prome is nice, because, you know, Jamie's nice. Mm-hmm. I find that we're not very objective at times, but we're just being really honest and challenging what's going on. So I appreciate you guys doing that. But, I mean, Cyclone fans overall seem to be really just, oh, well, we can't. We lost three really good guys. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to beat it this year. And it's like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Brad, yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, I mean, the, the, the losses to the NBA, I get that. Wigington was... Wigington flirted the year before, so for him to come back there would have been a real, real long shot. We didn't know what you had in Horton Tucker, but go back to the Y tournament and tell me any any Cyclone fan that thought that this kid was going to be here for all four years. That wasn't going to be the case. Now, he left early, and the final game that he played in the Big 12 tournament, he didn't see the floor hardly in the second half, if at all. Right. Cam Lard was, let's be honest, a and, bit of a head case. Well, here. and some people said he shouldn't even been around last year. Right. That, that that guy should have been jettisoned well before it finally hit, hit that end point mm-hmm. there. You got you to, I mean, ESPN has uh, Tyrese Halbert fourth overall. Sporting News yesterday, sixth overall. I saw a post yesterday that he's coming back next year because this team is this bad. Well, There's no way in hell he's coming back this next year. If you're a lottery pick, you do not come back. And, and no and honestly, assurances. Honestly, if, I, if I'm Halliburton and this season continues to go this way, mm-hmm. and he's got these nagging injuries that are, Bill Self said after the game last night that he's hurt. Not doesn't Self. look right. Yep. Yeah, Halliburton doesn't look right. There's something wrong with him. Does he consider... I hate to say it. Taylor, and then a break. Taylor, welcome to the program. Hey, you guys stole my thunder a little bit there with the conversation you guys were just having. Um, but it, my whole point is this, is that this is officially Prom's program now. Yes, all it is. guys are out of there. Yep. So I, I hate the argument all the time of being brought up of, well, if we had this guy and this guy back, this seemed to be different. If you want to recruit at that level and bring those guys in like THT, mm-hmm. you have to expect for them the possibility of them going on after a year. So you no have to question. have another one loaded up in the chamber. So I hate this conversation of, well, this and that, because you, he got lucky by even getting Wigington back for one more year next last year. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't have expected Wigington to be back. If you're going to recruit players of the caliber of THT, you can't expect them to be back. And Lard was in the doghouse all year, so I, I don't know why anybody thinks he was going to be back. So I guess my thought process is, is that they're going to have to change their recruiting style, either of you need to stop going after these big guys if you can't keep bringing those type of caliber recruits in or change it to where you're more of a building program where you have a couple two down you know two down years where you're building some freshmen up that are going to stay a little bit and then go for it all you know when they're juniors and seniors so i think it's going to take a change in the recruiting philosophy because if this is the path they're going to keep on going down when they get a guy like Halliburton for you know one year where he's a you know a top lottery draft pick there's no one else to go around him so and I'm not a big recruiting guy. I don't really follow it mm-hmm. until they get here because it's too much. I, it's waste. It's waste of time, in my opinion. Here we, I'm but with you. All the all the signs point to that the, this next recruiting class they're bringing in isn't really full of shooters. Anybody can light it up. So I mean, where's the offense going to come from next year? Yeah, great okay, question. You get you get the kid Xavier Foster, and let's say he's a top twenty lottery pick. He's that good. Who's going to be around him? You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know where their where their long term plan is with this program. Taylor, thanks for the call. Good call. Appreciate it. Uh, can't argue with any of your points. No, not at all. If you're going to bring in these kids, have uh, have the next one in the pipeline. And you look this past season, the freshmen that are there, well, two of them didn't even make it to the hardwood this season. Right, yeah. Transferred before yeah. we even got to basketball season with Anderson and Leach. Coupled with the next recruiting class, he has Xavier Foster as a part of it. He's a top 75 player nationally. But the other three guys are all in that 150 to 250 range. Certainly not guys you'd anticipate are ready to go in their freshman campaign. It doesn't 
certainly doesn't look like all of a sudden, well, just wait till next year. Yeah. You lose Halliburton, wait till 2022. Is yeah, that going to be the calling card? I'm with you, Trent. It's not promising. Uh, Dylan Moss will join the program next. More Iowa State conversation. Mark Morehouse uh, coming up at 1045 in the 11 o'clock hour. Lots of Big 12 with Matt Poston. going to go around the Big 12, both football and more so basketball. Uh, and then uh, Wade Lookingbill, former Hawk, will chime in here. What can uh, we expect from Iowa going forward? I think that gas tank, Trent, is starting yeah. to... It's not fumes by a long shot yet, but but anyways. All right, let's do this. It's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio. Radio and 1460 KXNO. Text the keyword JOCK to 200-200 right now. Every chance to win $1,000, that's JOCK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune next. Miller and Condon till noon. Thanks for being with us. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. I'm a dream builder. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. Mark Morehouse in about 15 minutes. Cedar Rapids Gazette. I'll get the latest on the Hawkeye football program, the comings and goings, and there's been a few of them. A couple more to go by the sounds of things. But right now, Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. He was in attendance at Hilton Coliseum last night watching the Jayhawks take it to Iowa State. We'll do that. He also has got a football mailbag up. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, how are you, sir? Doing well, guys. It's good to be with you. Yeah, great to be with you, Dylan. Always appreciate you coming on. And I guess, well, before we get to football, and we will save some time for that, you were in the building last night. Dylan, I, I don't know any way around it. It just looks as though it's going to be an incredibly long winter. Hopefully not cold, but it's, it's Iowa after all. But it's going to be long for sure as far as fans of that basketball program. Uh, it's not what they're used to. It's not what they're expecting. But boy, oh boy, this team, I don't know how you can fix it at this point, Dylan. Uh, after what we've seen the last three nights, I mean, I don't know if there's a magic button that you can push or a tweak that you can make that's suddenly going to turn this around. I hope I'm wrong. I doubt I am. The bad part is that teams usually form their identities in the non-conference schedule, and here they are uh, in January now going into the second week of Big 12 play, and um, they they just don't seem to have an identity beyond Tyrese Halliburton. And then if he has a night like he did last night where he struggles, and Kansas did a really good job of clamping down on him, their game plan I think was really effective. And unfortunately for him, might be kind of a blueprint on how other teams mm-hmm. try to attack him. Then it just it it puts the onus on the other guys to pick up this the the production somewhere else. And I, I just don't know if they have anybody capable of doing that right now. Cyclones sit at 7-7. Seven and seven. They are already over the uh, Big 12 in a long road still in front of them, including the back-to-back roadies next week in Texas against Baylor and Texas Tech. You hate to say it's a lost season here as we sit on January 9th, but it really like it. has that feeling right now. Youth experience. Here's the thing that maybe is the most frustrating watching this team is I think there still is plenty of talent on the team, but it's the effort, and that effort on the defensive end when things went awry, it just felt like this team tucked its tail between its legs and, and went to the corner. That's the frustrating part watching this team. What did you see? Yeah, uh, basketball is a game of runs, and, and teams are going to make runs, especially ones of the caliber of Kansas. So when they do make one at the end of the first half, even if it gets to the 10, 12-point mark, um, you know, you still you still have some some sort of a puncher's chance. And then Steve Pro maybe could have helped them out by calling a timeout yeah. there and not letting it get so out of hand. And I think – you know, that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. that, that we can have. But I think, um, you know, 
there, there has to be some guy that is is kind of a hard head and 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 tough and says and puts their foot down and, and gets everybody realigned. Um, you know, and Tyrese Halliburton is charismatic and he can get guys to kind of uh, bend to his will as well because he's he's likable and and he's the best player on the team. Yeah. But they don't really have one of those guys. I always think of like a DeAndre Kane. Um, you know, several years ago now. Um, he was kind of a guy that could point that team in the right direction, yep. or Melvin Edgem, or um, you know, you can go on down the list of guys that were able to do that. They, they don't really have anybody of that ilk uh, right now, and I think that's probably what's going to hurt them as much as anything. That's an... I think the talent is there, so it's it's that kind of presence that they're lacking. I, I'm with you, Dylan. It's an excellent point. I mean, when when Halliburton is is struggling like he was last night, usually one of his teammates is there to pick up. You know, the best player on the team. Somebody is willing to, you know, when, when Halliburton's having an off night, somebody is, is willing to yeah, elevate or is able, maybe not willing, not the right word, but able to elevate their game and pick up some of the slack when their leader uh, is a little bit wounded game-wise. I don't know who that guy's going to be. I thought Nixon tried. He really struggled to shoot the ball. Bolton had a couple of moments last night. Condit is... I think he's a nice player. I wish he was playing more than 19 minutes. What is he? He's got the, he had that block streak, uh, continue last night. He was really good on the offensive glass. Maybe it's him. I don't know why he's only getting 19 minutes. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it, it seemed like they were trying to go with the two big lineup for longer stretches to match up with Kansas's size in the front court. But I think, um, you know, especially when you get down, as much as they did, and then it did seem like they were just, you know, at the end of the first half, the, the game was kind of signed, sealed, and delivered a little mm-hmm. bit. So at that point, I think you probably do try to go to some different lineups, and, you know, you wish maybe George Conner would have gotten a little bit more run, and maybe that's something to look at for Saturday against Oklahoma. We've maybe talked about it before, but Steve Prohm has always been reticent to switch up the lineups, and, um, you know, if you have to take seniors out of it or reconfigure, especially at this point in the season. But um, for for the way this team is pointed right now, you, you got to try something. I mean, it, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody last night. It seems like that Seton Hall game in Ames was uh, like three years. Yeah. Ago. Great point. Just, just given um, what's transpired since. So I, I think you got to find something to, to reinvigorate some sort of energy because, you know, like, like we saw, you can have a night from Tyrese Halliburton, like a, a few nights ago at TCU where he plays, uh, uh, you know, stellar and triple double lose. And then, and then, and then he plays like he did last night. And, um, you know, you still lose in in, in even worse fashion. So I, you got to try something to switch some things up because um, you know the things can obviously, like we've said, get out of a get out of hand in a hurry here. Dylan, it was a frustrating end to the football season. It's been a frustrating basketball year overall. It seems like the natives are restless. Uh, people heading for the exits with eight minutes left mm. in the ball game last night. Cyclone Nation as a whole, a lot of frustration up there. It is. I don't know the athletic department. Are they hearing these things and the frustration that oh, seems to be coming to be. from uh, from the fan base? Yeah, I, I know. Um, you know, people. Uh, you might, you guys might have seen that Jamie Pollard put out that. I did. Yeah, to, yeah. To fans. Um, it was right after the new year, um, kind of uh, not addressing, but not addressing specifically what the issues were, but talking about um, you know the, the growth patterns, certainly with the football team, and, and how the maybe at times you have to take a step backward to take a step two steps forward or or whatever the case is um you know the basketball situation i think is a little bit different than football right now and um but certainly i think that criticism is heard and um you know it's it's not going to get any quieter if if uh, they can't get some things figured out so it that's what's that's what's going to be kind of intriguing now because it does put the onus on them to go um do really well against the bottom half of the league um 
in, in, in just in an effort to maybe get to about 500 in, in the Big 12. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the next few weeks and, and how things are maybe uh, tweaked or altered or, or how this team uh can kind of maybe come together at some point. We'll see. Yeah, I just don't see the hope. I mean, the hope for the what's what's left of this season, Dylan. I I take a look at this roster, and I, I mean, I get that he was experimenting last night. Jackson played 19 minutes in the basketball game. Griffin likewise, 19 minutes. Lewis even saw the floor for the first time in a long time. I, you take a look at this roster and you try and you know move some parts around. I don't see that there's hope for them getting out of this tailspin. And sadly, you know when you look for sure that Halliburton's going to leave and Jacobson's going to be out of uh, eligibility. Uh, they got Foster coming in, but he's going to be a freshman. Where's the hope for next year unless this roster changed significantly? And I don't follow recruiting. Trent does more than I do, but he tells me you know, other than Foster that these guys are kind of down the list. It's here's the bad. Here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is is there's been some awful good basketball played in Hilton Coliseum, and then the last couple of seasons, whether it's in Kansas City at the tournament, the fans have had they've had a wonderful time. But with that, grows expectations that we want this every year, and that's clearly not going to be the case this year, Dylan. This can be it. This is a hard fall. Well, and and that's that's kind of the bad part is that this year was maybe supposed to be like a you get back to the tournament, you feel good about the team, and then next year is kind of resetting again. But if you're resetting a year early with Halliburton still on the roster, uh, I think that's what's been even more discouraging because, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a guy like Xavier Foster who you're excited about next year. Um, but uh, he, say he's as good as everyone says he is, and I think he is a really good player. I saw some highlights of him uh, against Norwalk the other night. He looks really athletic and, and good. But uh, you're asking a lot of young guys again, to go out and, and perform at a high level for you. And, um, you know, th- again, it comes back to the veteranist who, who is a guy that can kind of uh, direct the ship a little bit if you do have a roster full of young guys. And it's, for Steve Prohm, it's turning the, the, the roster over again and recruiting and, and getting five, six, maybe seven guys, um, uh, you know, in this next class on scholarship. And you're putting out six or seven new guys on the floor next year. It's just they, they cannot not get out of that cycle. And a lot of it is recruiting. I mean, they lost two guys. Uh, to start the year, even before they started the year, this past year with Marcetus Leach and Luke Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, before they even got on the floor, um, and they were in part of the last recruiting class. So uh, they're just um, they cannot get out of the tailspin in, in that way either. So it's it it is just makes everything that much harder for you as you progress once you get into the season. Dylan Moss joining us from the Ames Tribune, talking Iowa State. Let's jump into a little bit of football and a question with uh, the movement already in the coaching staff. I've heard plenty of people say perfect opportunity to bring in a special teams coordinator, something that hasn't been the case under Matt Campbell. Ken, earlier this season, I think for a full month, was asking why the hell they weren't returning punts uh, throughout the season. There's been certainly question marks on that side of the football, one of the three areas of football, special teams. Do you anticipate this being the opening to see a coordinator come for the special teams? Yeah, I've had people ask that uh, of me too, and it's interesting because – um, you know, they, they had an opportunity a couple years ago um, when Joe Houston left, who was the special teams coordinator and one of the 10 assistant coaches, to go and hire that position again, and they chose to go the route of a defensive coach and, and give John Haycock uh, only the coordinator title uh, and have him kind of overview that group. Um, and so if they were to do a special teams coordinator again this year, even though there is the opening with Alex Golish leaving, it would mean uh, taking one position away from the ball on either side. So I, 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 I don't know if 
they will go that route. I, I think they kind of like the balance of uh, five offensive assistants and five defensive assistants. But um, you know, I maybe they put some different eyes on on special teams because that group, you know, Connor Sally, I think, uh, did some good things. Joe Rivera had some nice moments, but the the return game. Uh, certainly need to lift and, and maybe put a different set of eyes on that um, this year. And they, they'll have to, I guess, anyway, because Alex Polish was part of the team uh, that helped uh, help that area. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I expect that necessarily, but uh, certainly something to keep an eye on as a route they could go. I want to watch Milton return a punt. He's got some wiggle. I, you know, yeah. I want to watch Nwangu uh, do his thing back there instead of fair catching. He's the fastest guy in the team, or at least it was at one point. Dale, we got 30 seconds left. What was the, uh, in, in your mailbag that you posted at Ames Tribune, was there a, uh, was there one question that uh, the fans reached out to, um, you know, multiple times on what, what's on their minds, I guess? Uh, a lot of it was the offensive line and what that group looks like next year. Are they going after a graduate transfer uh, to help that group? I do expect they will go after some sort of graduate transfer tackle. And that market is obviously really tough because it's so competitive at this point in the year. But uh, people just really wanted to know what that group looked like. And I think they do have some bright spots with Trevor Downing and Colin Newell. But they will have to fill some holes, obviously, as we've talked about a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do on the recruiting trail uh, here coming up in the next few weeks. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Dylan, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dylan Mons. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take Good care. to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, next on the Hawkeyes. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14-6. Your next pre-owned vehicle for less. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, momentarily. Uh, Jeff held through the break. Jeff, uh, welcome to the program. Real quick, Jeff, what do you got? Hey, guys, I haven't been you know, listening, but I just want to talk about the Iowa State game real quick. Um, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of hearing Cyclone fans bringing up the refs or bringing up this or losing players to the NBA G League because they didn't want to stay. Here's the deal. When you let teams shoot 50% from the field, 55% from three, get out-rebounded, can't guard the perimeter, okay, those things – it's not success. <laughs> it adds, it adds up. Yeah. It adds up. And when you only score 50 points at home and kind of a must-win for the fan base and you look pretty much flat the whole game, that's a problem. That's a coaching staff. And that's a player problem. It's going to be a long season. Uh, there we yeah. agree, Jeff. Listen, we're out of time. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go from the clones to the Hawks and the Hawkeye football program. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thanks for being patient. How are you, Mark Morehouse? Well, I, I just... I just called for the installation of the uh, Tom Dempsey Award because the more I think about the low grows, the more I get angry about it this year. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Keith Duncan got robbed, let's be honest. Yes, right? no he, doubt. He, he doesn't wear goggles, so he's not as cool as Rodrigo, I guess, at no, the very no, least. It, 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 my opinion, it was a regional thing. Uh, that award's based in Florida. That kid's from uh, Georgia. Yep. And, uh, oh, they, and then they had the uh, – I, I almost said a bad word there – they Wouldn't be the, the first audacity, one uttered on these airways, Mark. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's right. Uh, the audacity. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. You invite Nate Kading down to give the Georgia kids the Really? How about oh, that? Yes. was ballsy. <laughs> what a bunch of puke those people are. <laughs> Good call, Mark. Get back to us. Sorry, call us anytime. <laughs> you know, Mark, uh, <laughs> as you heard. Be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> as you heard with the caller right before, we've been taking a lot of frustration from Cyclone fans, and about as frustrating as a fan base football and basketball as I can remember. How about for you on the Hawkeye football beat? What 
What was the tenor the worst that you ever seen? Would it be that 2014 season? Would it be back in 2006? When's the time you think during your two-decade run that it's been the worst inside the fan base for Iowa football? Um, good question. 2014 was a good one, Trent. And uh, I, But you didn't take my answer. You know, back in 2000, uh, nobody knew where this was going to go. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was 4-19 at one point. People forget that. I mean, you, you kept looking for signs of life. There weren't any. Yep. And then all of a sudden, this really short safety from Pennsylvania <laughs> hit, a, hit, a, hit a Michigan State kick returner and blew him into pieces. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Iowa had arrived. Um, yeah, I think people were nervous then. And if you look at the attendance for that Minnesota game in 1999, that was pretty low. Um so yeah, I think there was a that to me that was sort of the Minnesota game in, two, in uh, 1999 was sort of a red flag, but yeah, Trent, you, you came up with a real good one in 2014. Mm-hmm. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, is our guest. Well, Mark, uh, there's a lot of news since last we spoke. Let's start with Geno Stone. I know that you thought that there would be two leave for sure. I, I I also am aware that you guys, you guys being the Iowa media, that when you had an opportunity to talk to him in San Diego, that he was also kind of talking in past tense, like seemingly there was a pretty good chance that this might be his last game in the holiday bolt. Did the stone stuff surprise you, Mark? Um, no, uh, it, it, it really, anytime he addressed this topic, it really felt like he had already made his decision and he was leaving. So, um, no, uh, when we were talking in San Diego, it was, uh, I think it was Scott Docterman and Chad Lysico and I, and, uh, you could we kind of smile at each other every time he kind of dipped in the past tense. So everybody kind of knew. I mean, I guess we could have made a bigger deal out of that then. But you know, um, letting these kids have their moments. And yeah. no, Stone did not surprise me at all. I, I worry about him. I mean, he must have. I don't know what his feedback was. So he must have heard something he really liked. And if you look at it this way, it, all he needs is a chance, and he will be in the league. Now, will he get that chance? Now, we'll see. Uh, I worry, and I did ask him about measurables, you know, uh, uh, combine stuff, and he said, "Yeah, that's going to be a thing that I get dinged on." And uh, I think he must, he must have, he must have some decent times. He must have a decent, uh, must have a decent agent. He must have a decent sort of idea of that he will be drafted, and that's the thing I worry about with him. Uh, more and more, I was going to have a kid declare early and not get drafted. Right. I just hope it's not Gino. I, 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 he's too good a kid, too good a uh, story. And uh, really, I do think he'll be in the pros. I just worry about that first. Somebody saying, yes, we need this guy on our team. So two of the four starting defensive backs, or two of the five, depending on what you consider, Dane Belton will be gone. Ojo Moody at one of the cornerback spots. Help us out, this defensive backfield, what it's going to look like. Merriweather coming off an injury. Belton got a lot of good experience. And the flexibility that some of these guys may have between cornerback and safety. You know, they got a lot of bodies. And, uh, yeah, I think right now, Trent, uh, uh, just off the top of my head, you'd like to think Kayvon Merriweather could be one of those bodies. Um, he sort of semi-won a job that really was holding a job for Jack Kerner, who I thought played pretty well I did too. The first year. Yep. Um, I, I, give me a safety. He'll come down and make it, make most tackles, make like nine out of 10 tackles or eight out of eight and a half out of 10 tackles. Give me that guy. I want that guy. But, uh, Kayvon Merriweather is the guy who sort of jumps out at me, just the guy who should be ready to make a move, but there are a lot of bodies in the backfield, Trent. And, uh, I, I really think the other corner spot, it's time to see if Julius Brents can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's what's kept, kept him out. Although this year, I would say 
yeah, they wanted to keep his red shirt. So um, it's hard to gauge where his health was this year, although it wasn't good. Otherwise, he would have been in there. So it's time to figure that out. Time to figure out uh, what DJ Johnson is. Um, and I, I like the com- – you Trent, you know, um, when Phil has some good competition going on back there, it's going to be a good product. Uh, apparently Peyton Manzel uh, figured out what's at the quarterback position because he decided to move on. And there's a couple behind him. It's not just Petrus, it's Padilla, and it's Hogan, who everybody's salivating about. Uh, this wasn't a big surprise, Mark, but you go back to 2018, he actually had some playing time. Not the case this year with Manzel. I think the writing was on the wall last yep. spring when uh, they used him a wide receiver a few times in, uh, in, in spring drills. Uh, you're not... When that happens, uh, I think you know the, the writings on the wall. And then last fall, I think probably last stand was at camp and lost a job to Petrus. So uh, that's how it goes. Um, he came in and tried. Hey, uh, uh, here's here's what you should know about Payne Mansell. The takeaway for Iowa fans is he was the one Texas kid who actually wanted to be here, and he came here. So that that, that that's a good thing. And the other thing is uh, just a selfless guy. Um, uh, moving to wide receiver because they were body short. Moving to defensive back because they were a body short. So he, this is a guy who had team first. Had, you know everything that Ferentz you know preaches about. Um, you know I, I kind of was hoping he'd stick around this spring because he does have a little bit different skill set than the other Iowa, the other quarterbacks on the roster. We're never going to see it. I, I think uh, I think he'll be a good. Conference USA quarterback somewhere on that level uh, just didn't get his chance on the on, on the Big Ten level. You know, is it you go through that position group? Most people assume it's going to be Spencer Petra, certainly with the leg up in that competition. Ton of excitement about Deuce Hogan and, and the kind of guy that he's been, both as a recruiter and he's got some confidence to him, a little bit of swagger. But the forgotten guy, I guess, is Alex Padilla. By the way, a kid that had an offer from Georgia. Georgia doesn't just go throwing out offers to random kids from Colorado, yet he received one at the quarterback position. Tell us a little bit more about Padilla. Um, not a big kid. Uh, maybe about six one at the most. Okay. Um, accurate arm. And Ferentz said good things about him last spring, which to me is good. <laughs> I, I, I hate to, I'm not going to put any more air in that than I have to because I don't know what he can do. Um, but Ferentz talked about him last year. I think that's a positive thing. That was his first literally his first steps on campus. This is his second spring. This was Petrus's third spring. I think Deuce is just way too far behind. And, you know, one of the, one of the things we talked about with Brian Ferris, somebody asked him about Nate Stanley and the whole, the whole uh, defend Nate thing. But Brian's answer I thought was really good in that, you know what, it's the most popular guy. It's really hard to play quarterback here. The most popular guy is always in the second stringer. And uh, the pre- and he admits the pressure they put on the quarterback to run the offense. So, don't I think all of a sudden who's been here, how many springs is a real differentiator for the quarterback race. Hmm. Saw so kind of a funny tweet, Mark. Funny that uh, you know uh, Hawkeye fans were. Excited that there was a punter entered the transfer portal. <laughs> and the transfers at the punters in the transfer portal have been good to Iowa. Might they go that path again now that Sleep Dalton's out of eligibility? Um, you know, I, I think Sleep Michael had a tweet saying Iowa punting was in good hands. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Ryan Gersandi gets healthy, but right now I don't think he's even punting. I think it's kind of uh, imperative that Iowa finds a grad transfer punter. I, they don't have anybody else right now mm-hmm. that who can do the job. So 
unless Ryan, Ryan Gersani comes around, which is a possibility. Um, he had one good game his freshman year and hasn't seen the field since. Did tear an ACL going into last year. Um, we I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't know how that's going to go. I do think Iowa needs a grad transfer punter. And uh, if fans are getting excited about that, have fun with it. <laughs> I, I think uh, uh, it's kind of like Mr. Re- Irrelevant, but not because it's still punting, and Iowa fans know the importance of punting. Right? Thir- 30 seconds left, Mark, uh, before we run out of time. Just yeah. uh, teams in the Big Ten West that may have had some of their guys enter the transfer portal or declare for the NFL. Crookshank from Wisconsin after the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he's yeah. leaving. That's a surprise. Yeah. Winfield, not a surprise in Minnesota that he's going to you know, test the NFL waters. But what have you seen? What surprised you? Um, well, Crookshank, obviously, uh, I did not get that. I mean, if you talk about a guy who had doors open for him, like like crazy doors open for him, and Cephas left, uh he made a big splash in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another Wisconsin receiver was a was a senior. I don't get that. You know what? In the, I'm glad you brought this up, Ken. If Wisconsin has receivers who, okay, I did good here. How about I go to Alabama? Then, wow. Uh, how can you have a Wisconsin then? You know? I mean, it's diff- I, I going to be different. Start of that, but sure feels like it. it does. Mark, we're out of time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Mark Morehouse. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Hour two coming up next, 1460 KXNO.